Well, good morning, East Point. Uh, we glad, we're glad that you tuned in this morning. We hope that you've had a good week. Um, we're going to be looking at Galatians 5.1 and then 13 through 25 today. And the title of the sermon is Let Freedom Ring. And I almost changed that passage to, to Genesis and, and Noah's Ark with all this rain. It's been crazy. And I, I know we're recording on Thursday, but I'm sure Sunday uh, there's some rain in the forecast as well. We pray for, we're praying for some sunshine here. Uh, for each one of us. And uh, anyways, Galatians 5, 1, and then we're going to go down to 13 through 25. And it says this, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is this, love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's Memorial Day weekend, and it should be a time when all Americans take some time just to remember those that have given to make America what it is, the land of the free and the home of the brave. And remember Jefferson's bold assertion that all men were created equal, that they were endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among those are the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And America really is a, a great nation. I believe that. It's a land of opportunity. It's the home of Thomas Edison and Sonia Sotomayor, Jackie Robinson and Neil Armstrong. It's the birthplace of innovators such as the Wright brothers, Alexander Graham Bell, George Washington Carver, and Steve Jobs. It's the home of the brave from General George Washington crossing the Delaware to General Eisenhower's troops storming the beaches of Normandy from Minutemen to D-Day soldiers. And I know for so many there's a personal connection to the brave from my grandpa Springer serving in World War II with the army in Germany to my brother-in-law Billy who served with the Marines in Iraq to my nephew Peyton now that's in the Navy that's stationed in, in Guam. And I know for so many, that so many have a story like that. Someone that they know and love that is serving or who has served. But in our family, I don't know that there's someone that has died in the line of duty. And I know that so many that might be listening today cannot say those same words. And this Memorial Day weekend means a little bit more to them. But I like to think 
that all gave some, but we do know that some gave all. And our country's foundation was forged on the principles that were for the greater good of the people, not just those in power. They were for the people, of the people, and by the people. And that is a government that shall not perish. And I love that song that states, I am proud to be an American. Because at least I know I'm free. We have all enjoyed those First Amendment rights. Freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, and that right to assemble in peace. We understand that those freedoms weren't free. They were fought for and died for by men and women with, men and women with deep conviction for what they were fighting for. Something that was worth living for, something that was worth dying for. And so many of those soldiers, it was their conviction, it was not only their conviction that their allegiance was pledged to America, but they were also fighting because of their devotion to God. We are a nation that is founded on God's principles and has been directed by this creed, in God we trust. And that freedom and liberty was fought for and died for both overseas and on the soil. Patrick Henry uh, declared, give me liberty or give me death. And that led to our country's freedom. But it was people like Harriet Tubman who came to this understanding of those freedoms. She said, I had crossed the line. I was free, but there was no one there to welcome me in this land of freedom. I was a stranger in a strange land. And so she fought for those same liberties that were won at the Revolutionary War. She asserted that every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember that you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars and change the world. And it was Martin Luther King Jr. who was able to articulate that dream that one day this nation would rise up and live out the meaning of its creed, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men, were created equal. That he had a dream that one day, one day his children would one day live in a nation where they weren't judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Oh, freedom is definitely not free. But we stand on the sacrifice of those that have fought and died for those freedoms. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside, let freedom ring. And today I don't just want to talk about, um, talk to you about Memorial Day and the freedoms that we enjoy here in the United States of America, but also the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ, the greatest freedom. And this is such an important topic. I mean, with all the freedoms that we possess because of where we live, many of us still live in bondage because of how we live. And that is why Jesus came to proclaim. He came to proclaim the good news to the poor, freedom to the captive, sight to the blind, and liberty to the oppressed. Galatians 5.1 says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened by the yoke of slavery. History and historians will tell us that as a free nation, we are living on borrowed time. But in Christ Jesus, 
He says this, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus isn't setting us free to do whatever we want, but rather he is freeing us to do what we ought to do, to be what we ought to be. He liberates us to walk in the relationship with God and to be the person he has created us to be. Our freedom is definitely a gift, but we have to be diligent to preserve it, both in our hearts and in our nation. Several months ago, I came across this quote by a man named Alexander Teitler. Alexander Teitler was a Scottish historian and professor back in the 1700s, and he claimed this. He claimed that throughout history, democracies cannot be permanent form of government. And he claimed that selfishness was the root of the problem. Selfishness was at the root of their demise. Historians tell us that ancient democracies eventually unraveled because of human selfishness and misaligned allegiances, especially I pledge allegiance not to the flag, not to the nation, but I pledge allegiance to myself. Teitler went on to say this in this quote, the average age of the world's greatest civilizations has been about 200 years. These nations have progressed through this sequence from bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to apathy, from apathy to dependence, and from dependence back to bondage. And I ask, which of these stages do you feel like our country is in? And I'm not going to answer that. I don't feel like there is really a right answer to that. But I think that we can all see where the sequence gets scary. And that's with abundance. Abraham Lincoln said this, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we lose our freedoms, it will be because we have destroyed ourselves from within. And this rings so true in the Bible as well. Biblically, abundance was not handled well. I mean, if we look at the rich fool, the prodigal son, the rich young ruler, or even the wisest man to ever live, King Solomon, who said this, he said, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. Solomon prospered. He left his predecessors in the dust. He engaged in every impulse. He did whatever he wanted to do. He never said no to himself, but the happiness and satisfaction was short-lived. There was, if there was anyone with abundance, it was King Solomon. Because then he said this, he said, then I looked on all the works that my hands had done and on the labor in which I had toiled. And indeed, all was vanity, grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. He said, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And you can see the dangers of abundance and that it leads to selfishness. And you can see that danger whenever we say that phrase, hey, I pledge allegiance to myself. It was JFK who said, ask not what your country can do for you, but rather what you can do for your country. Because selfishness, it leads to apathy. Apathy then to dependence and dependence back to bondage. And we can see that in the life of every faltering civilization. 
But today is not just about the state of America and how healthy or unhealthy America is because there is so much good in the U.S. of A. I really believe that it is the greatest nation in the world, but we definitely have our fair share of problems as well. But rather, I pray today is about each one of you. It's about the church. I believe that America has fought for, has fought for, and blessed the church in many ways. And this is definitely a time when the church needs to fight. To fight for and bless our country. And I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about protests. I'm not even, or even talking about public declaration, but rather by simply living out our faith. Living out our faith in love and unity. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And that's what God is calling each one of us to, to allow Christ to live through us. Brendan Manning, Brendan Manning in, uh, writes in the signature of Christ, he writes, if the Apostle Paul were to return to earth today, I believe he would call the entire American church to return to the, the disciplines of the secret. The ancient practice of the apostolic church was implemented to protect the sacred name of Jesus Christ from mockery and the mysteries of the Christian faith from profanation. The ancient church avoided mention of baptism, Eucharist, and the death of, and resurrection of Christ in the presence of the unbaptized. Why? Because the most persuasive witness was the way one lived, not the words one spoke. It was St. Francis of Assisi said, that said this, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, Use words. And it's this kind of heart that we will make the greatest impact on our country. In this way, God is calling us to fight for our country. If we want to restore the true freedom that begins and ends with his people aligning their lives and hearts and focus with Christ, we need to give it to him. It is freedom. It is a freedom that can bring life and joy and peace and companionship with Christ. But it is a but only if that faith is at the center of it. Faith must be the foundation of our freedom. Faith must be the foundation of our freedom. There's a powerful paradox at the center of the Christian faith. Through Jesus' example of freedom and loving service, we all become the most free when we bind ourselves to God. Jesus has been described as the omnipotence in bonds. Jesus, this almighty, all-powerful creator of all that is good, freely chose to take on the role of servant. He freely sacrificed himself for our sake and for our freedom. Can you even grasp that sacrifice? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Christ died to set us free from sin. And from a long list of laws and regulations, Christ came to set us free, not free to do whatever we want, because that would lead us back into bondage, back into our selfish desires. But rather, because of Christ, because of his great sacrifice, because of his example, because of his spirit, we are able to do what was before impossible. Live unselfishly. These past few weeks, um, 
I really look forward to Sunday evenings because we've sat down as a family. And, and, and I've just really enjoyed this, this documentary called The Last Dance uh, on ESPN. It's about Michael Jordan and the 1998 Chicago Bulls. It was their last run at a championship. And I loved watching Michael Jordan growing up. I knew then that I was watching greatness. I didn't want to miss any opportunity to watch Michael Jordan. I watched so, much, so many of his games. I rooted for him. Um, and it's been fun seeing some of those behind-the-scenes stories that made that team so great. One episode was dedicated to Dennis Rodman, who is... Um, one of the more interesting characters in NBA history. And I did not let the kids watch this episode. But Dennis Rodman, you know, even as, as great as he was as a basketball player, he, he constantly talked about being free. He wanted, he wanted his freedom. He wanted freedom to express himself. He wanted freedom to indulge, free to be himself, free to come and go as he pleased. He didn't want any restrictions on his life at all. He wanted to be able to do what he wanted, when he wanted to do it. And in so doing, he really became a slave to that kind of lifestyle. And in the end, it really caused himself much pain. And not just pain to himself, but to others around him. And in some eyes, Dennis Rodman would definitely be a success, a success story from where he, he came from. But in others' eyes, he's really, it's really a sad story. Because of the dark places that it's taken him. That freedom that he's uh, tried to um, possess. But hopefully we can all agree this. That that kind of misuse of freedom is harmful and destructive. And that's exactly what Galatians 5 is getting at. Paul talks about starting... Paul talks about this starting in verse 13. He says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, you have a freedom to sin or you have a freedom to serve. You have a choice to live by the Spirit or a choice to live by the flesh. And according to these verses in Galatians chapter 5, this is going to either lead to vices in your life or virtues in your life. Vices that control your life and restrict your impact or virtues that strengthen and beautify your lives and allow you to shine bright for Jesus Christ. Living by the flesh leads to these things, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, hatred, discord, and the like. But living by the Spirit leads to these virtues. The fruit of the Spirit, love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We are free to become self-serving or we are free to become someone that serves others. Faith must be the foundation of our freedom. There's a story of a person who claimed to be a self-made man. And he was boasting about all of his, his accomplishments. All that he had done. And he was so proud of all that he had accomplished. And he boldly went to the minister and he asked him, Well, what do you think of my story and what I've done? And the pastor was brutally honest with this man. He said, my dear friend, you have just relieved the Almighty God of an enormous responsibility. For each one of us, we will reach our highest heights and make our greatest impact through humility. 
less of me and more of him are some of the greatest words that we can utter that we can, or that we could ever live by. It was St. Augustine that wrote, almost the whole of Christian teaching is humility. And he shared with one of his pupils, if you were to ask me however often uh, you might repeat the question, what are the instructions of the Christian religion? I would be disposed to answer and always and only humility. Brennan Manning wrote of a man that thought it was of vital importance to be poor, to give of all his possessions, to release all his earthly possessions unless it was a necessity. But it never dawned on, dawned on him that the vitally important thing to drop was his ego, his pride. And so he went to the master and he proclaimed, look, I have come to you with nothing. And the master replied, then drop it at once. The disciple was confused, but, but how can I drop it? It is nothing. And the master replied, then carry it around with you. You can make a possession of nothing and carry your nothing around like a trophy. Don't drop your possessions. Drop your ego. Death to self is necessary to live for God. Verse 24 in Galatians 5 says this, says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with, nature with its passions and desires. It is death to self that is necessary to make an impact for God. I was talking to a missionary one, one time, not too long ago, and he claimed that he hosted over a hundred short-term mission teams from the U.S. that would come over and help them with what they were doing on the mission field. But he claimed that out of all of those mission teams that came to help him, only one, only one was helpful. And so I asked him, what was the difference in that one team? And he said simply this, they simply had no agenda. They came just to serve. And they kept asking, what more can we do to help? Less of me and more of him. Thirdly, our liberty finds life in loyalty. In 1 Corinthians 9.19, Paul says this, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. And I think that a lot of times we tune everything out about freedom whenever we hear the word slave. But it is in this instance when Paul binds himself to Jesus Christ that he becomes the most free. And we are truly free whenever we give it all to God. And there are many powerful and meaningful examples of this. And Paul is just one of them. Paul was jailed many, many times. But it was in his chains that, chains that Paul praises the Lord. It was in bondage that Paul pens much of the New Testament. It was in prison that Paul finds joy and he's able to rejoice. And because freedom in Christ cannot and will not be locked up or nailed down, freedom in Christ will not be chained up or held down, freedom in Christ cannot be imprisoned or cast out. Nelson Mandela spent years in this tiny jail cell. But his impact only, only grew because his heart for the Lord grew in that jail cell. His heart for love and the presence of God and forgiveness grew inside of him and is able to impact millions because of that love, because of that devotion. Harriet Tubman was a slave in this world, but not in her spirit. 
She became a great emancipator who was given the nickname Moses because of her efforts to lead others to freedom. Because liberty finds life in loyalty. Liberty finds life whenever we're obedient. And true independence comes from this. It comes from dependence on God. This life isn't about going to heaven, but it's all about becoming like Christ. My students have heard this over and over again. Following Christ, living the Christian life, being Christ-like is all about moving from selfish to selfless. I pledge allegiance not to myself. I pledge allegiance not to this world, but I pledge allegiance to Christ and to Christ alone. The true symbol of freedom isn't just the statue of liberty, but the cross of Christ. The true path of independence isn't through Ellis Island, but it's through Calvary. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And on this Memorial Day weekend, we do honor those that have died and fought for our freedoms, that we benefit every single day that we live here in this great land of America is because of those because of those freedoms that each one of us has an opportunity to hear this message that God created you. He created you with a purpose. You are his masterpiece created to do good works and he loves you so much. He loves you so much that he sent his one and only son Jesus Christ to die on that cross and whoever believes in him will not die, will not perish, but have have everlasting life. He sent his son so that you wouldn't be in bondage. You wouldn't have chains, but you would be able to experience that freedom, that freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ. And maybe there's someone out there today that's never experienced that freedom that we find in Jesus Christ. And for that person, we don't move from bad to good, but rather this, what we rather move from dead to alive. And in this country of opportunity, this land of the free and home of the brave, I pray that we don't spend one more day in bondage, that we give our lives to Jesus Christ and we're able to say with conviction that we're free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Would you accept that freedom? Would you accept that sacrifice on this Memorial Day weekend? Let us pray. God, we come to you today and we're just so thankful for how your word speaks to our lives. We're thankful so much for the freedoms that we possess, not just in this land, but through your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that we always use those freedoms to glorify you and not to glorify ourselves. To always put you first in our lives and to make you Lord of all every area of our lives. And on this Memorial Day weekend, we, thank, we do thank you for this great country and we thank you for all those men and women that have gone before us, that have died for those freedoms that we enjoy here in this great country. And I pray a special blessing on those families that are missing loved ones. I pray for a special measure of your peace and your comfort and your goodness in their lives this weekend. And I know that there's so many families that uh, have loved ones that are overseas serving our countries, but there's also families who have loved ones on the front lines of this COVID-19 pandemic. And we pray for safety for them. We pray for peace and comfort for each of those families as well. We also pray a prayer of 
repentance. God, we have not used the free, our freedoms that you have blessed us with wisely in many times. A lot of times we have used our freedom to love, to be self-serving. We use our freedom to worship, to become, and it has become idolatry. We've used our freedom to serve, to become self-glorification. And it has not been honoring to you. It has not been a benefit to this country. And I pray that, God, we give those things over to you, Lord. Help us to always be in service of others. Help us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I know that this is our greatest impact that we can have on our country and on your kingdom as well. God, I pray that on this day, that we give our hearts and our minds, our souls over to you. Take those bonds away and allow us to experience that freedom that only comes through you. We love you. We thank you for all you do for us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for tuning in East Point. You have a great Memorial Day weekend. God bless.